All right, welcome back to Alphond Arena here in Orono, Maine. I'm Mike Macknick with John Leahy. The score after one is Maine one and Merrimack one. And joining us for this first intermission, well, one of the nice things about coming up here to Maine is getting the chance to see old friend Larry Mahoney with us from the Bangor Daily News and Maine Radio. How long have we been doing this, Larry? 20 years or so? Uh, as far as uh, writing? Well, I was going to say, coming up here and seeing you, I know it's been about 20 years. Longer longer for you that you've been writing, though. 41 years. Wow. Yeah, 41 years. Uh, so, uh, you know, I'm ready for the rocking chair and the uh, gold watch. <laughs> uh, tell me. Well, it's been, uh, well, ever since you guys, since Merrimack came in the league. And, uh, you know, it's, it's developed. Uh, I believe Dan Hannigan was doing some research, and I think the last 25 games have been split right down the middle after Maine obviously dominated. Yeah, but, uh, you know, Merrimack has closed the gap, and obviously they're playing, a, I thought, I thought, a good first period for the Warriors, considering you know they've been outscored 17 to four in the first period of Hockey East games, uh, and, and that's when you're averaging 1.88 goals a game and you're 57th among 59 teams in goal scoring. To get behind can be an albatross, and you know they fell behind here, but nice power play goal um, to get back one to one. And uh, you know I don't think uh, you know I don't think Maine had that many good chances. I thought Merrimack did a nice job with net front protection. Uh, the one goal was really a mistake by your goalie Tiernan, who dropped a. A wrist shot, you know, into the uh, path of Lomberg. So, you know, I think a very, very good first period for the uh, Warriors. Now, even the power play for Merrimack, though. I mean, they got to get the puck in the hands of Collins more. But on the, I mean, it, it wasn't doing anything until the goal when Mansfield did a nice job to find some space and they got a deflection. Yeah, I mean, Scotty was uh, left at the, uh, you know, at the top of the crease to Willett's right. He had to stick, had to stick along the ice. Mansfield did a nice job instead of trying to rip it, just risking it to the net. Was deflected by Scotty. A nice goal. For Merrimack, and um, you know, on the power play, and you know, again, they they worked the puck well on the power play. You know, they're playing they're playing the way they need to play. I know one of the concerns has been consistency and effort, but I think they're 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 grinding tonight. That's one of the things about coming to a lively rink like this. You know, with the, you know with the crowd, I think I think it, it creates um, it creates more attention to detail on behalf of the of the, uh, the visiting team because you know that if you don't. You know, if you don't pay attention to detail, you can get run out of the building. The crowd gets jacked up. I mean, they've taken the crowd out of it. It's a good crowd considering everything that's going on with the high school basketball tournaments. But, you know, I mean, Merrimack's done, done a good job. Again, not uh, not really uh, limiting Maine's uh, second and third chance opportunities and, and, and their cycling. I mean, Maine really hasn't had much sustained pressure in the offensive zone. That's a credit to the Warriors. Early on in the game, too, I think the physical play was there on both uh, for both sides. And, and these are two teams that need to play that way to be successful. Yeah, they do. I mean, you know, both teams uh, would not be probably among the top three or four teams in the conference talent-wise. So you have to compensate with, with work ethic and physicality and, and accountability. And, you know, and that, re- that requires all your players players to play effectively in all three zones. And that's what both teams have done. Uh, and I, I, I get from Merrimack, I mean, to come in here and, and, you know, what they're going to want to do is shrink the game. You know, go into the third period with an opportunity to win. You know, not find themselves trying to climb uh, a two or three goal hill, and especially with their with their offensive uh, problems. So, you know, so far so good for the Warriors. And yeah, both teams have to play that way. They have to outwork teams. I mean, both teams have some skill, but you know, you, you certainly don't have Boston College skill. Or, uh, but UMass Lowell has has a lot of veterans, a lot of veteran players. Providence has been a nice surprise. Uh, 
you know, Northeastern, uh, you were telling me before, the game, very, I, we haven't seen him this year, but very, very good forward. So, uh, you know, again, in the problem or, or the plus with 20 games, however you look at it, there's two ways to look at it. If your glass half empty or half full is with 20 league games, everyone is precious. So, I mean, you yeah. can go from seventh place to second place, especially now with, you know, with them, they're already, as you know, uh, probably engraving the uh, trophy with BC's name on it for the regular season champion. Uh, in fact, if they sweep this weekend, they'll be the regular season champion. But everything else is pretty much, you know, uh, those for those precious home ice bursts and that precious first round bye are up for grabs. What's Red Gendron done that's worked here so far early on in his first season? Not early on, we're late in the season, but uh, it was interesting talking with him before the game. He said, uh, you, know, you know, what's this guy or that guy doing that's different from last year? And he said, I couldn't tell you because I didn't look at the tape from last year. He said, I wanted to start with a clean slate. Yeah, he did. And one of the things, what he's doing, Mike, is basically he's saying, okay, you know, when I've recruited all these players, no, but I don't care. They're my players. They're now my players. I'm going to take. I'm not going to, you know, moan about. Oh, geez, uh, you know, I probably wouldn't have recruited him or him or him. I'm going to take the players that I have. I'm going to develop them with Jay Leach and Ben Gitte, the other assistants, all with NHL experience. We're going to develop them into the best possible players they can be. You know, everything from you know work ethic to positioning to stick positioning, and you know we're going to make the most out of the talent we have. You know, we've got a, a, a very very good goalie. Uh, they've got a bona fide uh, top line or top two line uh, center in Devin Shore could probably play for anybody on the top two lines, and then they have you know the uh, nation's leading goal scoring defenseman Ben Hunt. And then, you know, they fit in with some, uh, a mixture of, of young players. Again, only three seniors have played prominently. They do lose both goalies. Uh, but, you know, they lose Willette, John Swavely, and, and Bryce O'Connor, Mark Anthony. I'm sorry, four seniors, plus, you know, Dan Sullivan's a backup. So, you know, they're giving freshmen some, some playing time. And, you know, he's going to bring in some of his own players to go with the ones that are coming in from the previous regime. And, you know, he's going to make the most of what he has. I mean, you know, he loves coaching this team. He says he looks forward. He said uh, some teams drag, drag you down energy-wise, some uh, give you energy, and this team gives them energy because they buy in. They want to become better players. Uh, their practices are very up-tempo, are very structured. He makes it fun for them. There's usually competitions throughout. Uh, and, uh, and he wants them to want to come to the rink. If they want to come to the rink, they're going to develop. If they want to come to the rink, they're going to stay maybe an extra year instead of leaving after a year or two. So that's what, the, that's what he's trying to create right now. And Again, uh, you know, I, I don't think anyone's expected this team to be where they are right now with, with a chance a chance to make, uh, to earn a top four spot in Hockey East and an outside chance, well, even maybe not so much an outside, even a, yeah. a, a chance to make the NCAA right tournament. There, yeah. you know, they control their own destiny. They've got six, six left and then the, uh, the playoffs. And, uh, you know, again, uh, they finish strong. You know, they get a top four seed. They win the quarterfinal series. They got a shot. If not, uh, if they don't finish strong, uh, they're going on the road. They're going to have to do it the hard way. And one of the things, I mean, he realizes Red Gender, and he's very well aware of how important the community is to this team and the program and, and the school and so on. And, and it really seems like he's got an awareness of that. And somebody told me he was out there with the, the, the students before the game that were in line to come in. And, you know, that's the kind of thing that Sean Walsh used to do. It, it is. And, he, and uh, you know, that's something he feels very important because he's he feels that this is, you know, this, this hockey program is a part of the community, a very important part of the community. So they have their team meetings in the afternoon, and then that means at night, you know, before a game, he could, you know, if he's not outside talking to the students, he's roaming, he's roaming around the stands here, thanking fans for coming to the game, you know, about an hour before the game. I mean, he gets the work done so that he can make.
mingle with the fans. I mean, he's been all over the state, you know, uh, drumming up interest and, and, and telling the uh, supporters, look, you know, come to our hockey games. You know, I'm going to I'm going to do the best I can to to get this team back to national prominence. And uh, I appreciate all your support. I appreciate you being here. Um, you know, uh, supporting me and the program. All right, Larry. Thanks. It's good to see you as always. We'll see you again tomorrow night, and uh, hopefully further again down the road. Yeah, drive safely tomorrow night. Another snowstorm. You, you know what's going to happen. You know that flashing 40 on the interstate? They're going to blow out the bulbs based on this winter. I couldn't believe it. It was on today, too. Yeah, it's, it's just it's like, it's like this winter has been like that. You know, every every uh, you know, like I said, one of these days you're going to be going down the interstate and there's just going to be a four because of zero. Bulbs have all blown out. Every day we're going 40, 45 on the interstate. But just, uh, you know, again, uh, you know, that's but that means the answer to population control. If we didn't have the, if we didn't have these winters, we'd have 20 million people living here. It would take 50, 45 minutes to get from Bangor to Orono. So, you know, we don't, we don't mind. All right, thanks again, Larry. And happy Valentine's Day. Same to you. Thanks, guys. Take care. All right, Larry Mahoney, Bangor Daily News and Maine Radio has been our guest here. The score at the end of the first period of play, Maine 1, Merrimack 1. Back with more after this. You're listening to live coverage of Merrimack Hockey.